What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Round the League podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jake. And I'm- we have another episode for you guys, obviously, today. Um, a lot to get into, like normal. Uh, we're coming down the home stretch of the regular season. I think most teams have like 10, 12 games left. Um, seeding, you know, the Eastern Conference, they're like two games apart, four to like 10 seed or four to eight seed or whatever. Um, Western Conference, the play-in tournament, uh, we'll get into that and, and how close everything is. Uh, the Warriors making a push with Steph and his unbelievable play of late um, out east. We have the Knicks and the Red Hot Knicks, the, a good basketball team uh, in New York City that we'll get into in a minute. But first, um, we have to start off with some really, really sad news as Kentucky freshman uh, Terrence Clark, or former Kentucky freshman now, Ter- Terrence Clark passed away in a car accident in L.A. Um, the other day. Um, 19 years old, just entered the NBA draft, uh, just signed with Clutch Sports as his agent just literally the day before. I believe on Wednesday he signed with them on Thursday. Um he died actually leaving um, a training session, and Brandon Boston, who's one of his best friends, also uh, entering in the draft this year, was driving right behind him. Um, luckily, he's okay. I know there was reports that was saying you know he was also uh, badly injured, or maybe even for worse than that. But um, just purrs out to his family, and and I know the basketball world is uh, mourning this loss. Yeah, when I heard the news, I was very devastated. Um, not only because we're a basketball podcast and it kind of hits home um, for us um, as we avidly follow the sport, but also, you know, he's only 19 years old, so it kind of resonates with us even more because we're around kind of the same age. So uh, he wanted to live out his dream and get drafted uh, when the uh, the draft rolls around uh, during the summer, um, but ultimately that did not um, end up happening. Um, you know, I know I'm talking kind of depressing about it, um, and it is. Um, but I do hope that the NBA, um, as Jalen Brown put it, um, and I hope Boston drafts him, gives him an honorary pick. Um, I think that would be the right thing to do, uh, preferably Boston because that's where he's from. Um, but then again, just to hear his name on draft, and I think that's um, something that is very much deserved for a young man who, you know, again, was going to come out of Kentucky and was very, very special. Um, as John Calipari, you know, talked about uh, the, he was a kid that lit up the room with his smile and, you know, you hope the best uh, for his family, you know, support them during this time and, you know, hopefully everything, uh, you know, goes well with the draft and they, they call his name because I think that needs to happen. Yeah. I mean, just totally um, a kid who I actually been, you know, like through the YouTube highlight, highlight tapes of his high school and, I've been following him now for a little bit, and I know his draft stock, this is not even really important, but I know his draft stock kind of fell. You know, he really didn't get to play the freshman year that he wanted to at Kentucky, and Kentucky obviously didn't have the year that they wanted to, but a kid who I really thought would be special in the NBA is he had just the drive motivation, like you said. I mean, everyone that talks about him just said, you know, he lit up the room with his smile and was a really, really great energy um, and very passionate kid. And uh, he was, you know, all this hard work that he put in it was finally about to pay off, and um just you never know what happens. So just uh, yeah, it's um kind of a tough transition to go into now and talk basketball. But um just uh, yeah, just yeah. enjoy what you're doing. I think, I know. Me and you, like you said, yeah, we're, close, 
we're we're basically the same age as him, so uh, it it hit home to that too that you never know what can happen. Yeah, time is precious, people. I think that's something that uh, needs to be heard, you know, in every room and everywhere across uh, humanity. Is that you know you, you never know when your your last hour is. You know, if you were given an hour today to live, I mean, what would you do? You know, you you really just have to spare time, you know, for what it is, and really cherish the people around you and the the uh, moments that you spend with those people. So. Um, tough to kind of, you know, talk basketball after that, but, uh, I guess we're ready for, you know, some, some Knicks talk, some, some other Kentucky guys, um, that are, you know, really, uh, putting on. Yeah. Um, if you listen to this podcast at all and you're an OG, you know that, I mean, we, we had a whole episode, I think, dedicated to just slandering the Knicks, uh, I believe after David Fisdale got fired, um, and boy, have they turned it around. They are winners. I believe now the game, they were playing a game this afternoon as we're recording this episode. I believe they won that game to go to nine straight wins. I'm checking that as we're, um, as I'm talking here. But the Knicks are, are the New York Knicks are a good basketball team. Um, they did win today. So they're at nine in a row now. They're 34 and 27. They're f- at the four seed in the East. They have a half game lead over the Hawks. Who are at thirty three and twenty seven? Um, I'll ask you this, and I'll start off with this: Are the next? Are, I know, I know, in the standings, they're the fourth best team in the East. Are the Knicks the actual fourth best team in the Eastern Conference, or are they are they even higher? Like, what, where do you see the Knicks? Obviously, with us coming towards the end of the season now, how how good is this Knicks team going into the playoffs? Yeah, I think there are a little bit on. Um... I guess they're a little um, overestimated in terms of the standings. I do, I do think they're, they are a playoff team. I'll say that much. I think that they can win, especially with the circumstances. And I don't want to put anything um, against them by any means. I mean, they play great basketball. Uh, we've talked earlier about, and again, this, this comes after last year. I know we were saying how they had eight, nine coaches in a decade. And again, the guys that you hire – uh, are name brand names, but are they good at, at other positions in terms of like the NBA world? Like sure. Phil Jackson was a great coach. They didn't really make the best president. You have Isaiah Thomas who um, in, in the mid two thousands didn't really have that, that team looking too great. And then you have a stretch of coaches, as I just mentioned in that decade. Um, so they're, re- they were really trying to find their footing. And I know this is kind of going away from like, or it really isn't um, if you really think about it, because now they have a guy in Tom Thibodeau um, who has really made these guys buy in. You're talking about Julius Randle, who's in what, his fifth, sixth year at this point, um, if I had to guess. Um, but again, he's playing, they, they've really tried to find, and it, it's funny because they've tried to find the free agent, they've tried to find the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate um prize possession and maybe Zion Williamson the draft to you know allow those ping pong balls to fall their way and end up not happening um but it really is just falling in their laps sort of the talent um and I think Tom Thibodeau is the right coach for that team um and again they're trying to look for the hidden gems and or not not the hidden gems but the gems right in front of them and these free agents and whatever and it's right there in front of them um, and I do think that, you know, having a guy like Julius Randle, who's having a great season, 
Um, I before the pod started, I looked up and I found an interesting stat that, um, and I always like to play the numbers game, but uh, the top fifteen assist um, guys or assist pairings in the NBA. Julius Randle makes up two of those top 15 pairings with R.J. Barrett and Reggie Bullock, who have both become uh, really great three-point shooters in, in Tom Thibodeau's um, system. So having a guy like Julius Randle, who's the nucleus of your team right now, um, and really no one really saw that coming with Julius Randle being the guy. Sure, he's he's been a guy that's has had double-double figures um, in, throughout his career, but we never really thought that he'd be the type of leader and the type of guy to really have a team orchestrate around him. So to see all these, uh, all these guys uh, formulate around Randall and to really be producing, um, it's something that's great to see. And I think they, they can really win a playoff series. I do believe that, that they can get out of the first round. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're playing really, really good basketball. Um, I've watched a couple games of theirs over this stretch. And, I mean, they, they've bought, Tom Thibodeau has, has changed everything about New York's Knicks basketball. Um, the only thing that does concern me, if there's one concern, or there's, there's I'm going to say there's two concerns. One is lack of experience. But then again, it's 2021. Who knows what will happen? Um, so, you know, I, I think the early rounds you're looking at, the only two teams with real experience um, in the early rounds of the playoffs are Boston and Miami. And who knows if Miami even, you know, right now it's looking like they're going to be in the playing tournament. So who knows if they get out of the playing tournament. And then you have Boston who's, you know, looking to, like they're getting in a groove now and they have experience, but, you know, they make the Eastern Conference Finals every year. And what does that do for them? They haven't took that next step. Um, and then my second concern is the minutes played. I know they're young. Um, you have Julius Randle playing 37 minutes a night. You have uh, um, R.J. Barrett playing 34 minutes a night. I think they're first and third in total minutes played this season. Um, so, mm. I mean, they're playing a lot, a lot of basketball. You already see the injuries um, throughout the NBA, and I really, really hope that no one gets injured on the Knicks, but just um, how much basketball they are playing and then how many minutes a night they're playing that does concern me come playoff time if they burn out again they're young um they're fun Derek rose i think we talked about this back and i know we even had an argument about this about who who won the trade between the pistons and the knicks and i mean the addition he's been the veteran leadership he's you know when you need a bucket they can rely on him to go get you that bucket um and then defensively i mean they're third in defensive rating in the league. Um, offense, you know, they're not as good, but, you know, the defense is defense is what wins you championships. Am I saying the New York Knicks are going to win a championship this year? No, but I'm saying that come playoff time, when the game slows down, you need your defense uh, a lot, and, and that's something that they've relied on all year long, and that's a credit to Tom Thibodeau and what he's instilled in this team. Um, who, else do you, who else am I missing here? Um, you have Emmanuel Quickly, quickly yeah. who's like the 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 king of, of floaters in the league, um, who I'm looking, you know, uh, Alec Burke. New Orleans Noel. New Orleans Noel played well. Um, Alec Burke is shooting over 40% from three. Reggie Bullock over 40% from three. Uh, Kevin Knox playing pretty, pretty well, uh, shooting 39% from three. Um, right now they have... 
Alec Burks, who's in in health and safety protocol. That was this past week. I don't know if he returned today. That might be old news. But overall, I mean, they're just, I guess to answer my own question in terms of could they win a playoff series, yes, but I want to see that if, if the Celtics or the Heat can get into that, and it's not for sure, the Knicks could all of a sudden fall, you know, lose two, three games after this nine-game winning streak, and all of a sudden they're in the seventh seed. But if they stay in that four seed and they play the, the Heat or the Celtics, those are the only two teams that I'm looking at that scare me versus the Knicks. Otherwise, I mean, the Hawks right now, they don't have Trey Young. The Hawks are without, without basically, you know, a lot key players. Clint Capella, Trey Young, I mean, they did beat the Heat last night shorthanded, but that doesn't say much considering how the Heat have played this year. Um in terms of when stars are out versus the heat. But um, yeah, I mean, to think to me that compared to a year, year and a half ago, that the New York Knicks might host a playoff series and that they might have, you know, potential game seven on their own floor in the garden. It's um, it's good for basketball and the New York Knicks are good. The league is better and uh, the New York Knicks are getting there. They're not a championship team yet, but they're a very, very good team. That's going to be scrappy and they're going to, I'll tell you what that those top three teams in the in the East, uh, Brooklyn, Philadelphia, and Milwaukee, they don't want to face them come the second round, uh, pending that they stay at that four or five. Whoever's the one seed, or even if they fall to a six seed, and they would have to play Milwaukee first round. None of those teams are are excited to play the Knicks because of how well they're playing. Yeah, I agree. I wanted to point out something. Did you just take a uh, the words right out of LeBron James's mouth about the New York Knicks, Brian? I, I did. I thought about it when I said it, but I've, 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 I think I said that back when, um, when the when they were bad. I said, you know, I've always said it. It's like in it's like in college football when you know Florida State and, and University of Miami are good. College football is better. Uh, there's you know certain teams in sports in sports leagues. You know when they're better, the, the whole league is better just because of their brand and what they bring. And right now, you know, when the New York Knicks are good, as much as I do not like the New York Knicks. Um, they're a very, very good basketball team that, you know, I would not want to play um, in the playoffs. Uh, so I, I think they can get, they can, they can win a, win a round. I don't know about two. I don't know if they go to the, I think, you know, they're not there yet. Um, but listen, you know, they're building a team. Julius Randle, I think, kind of most improved player. Uh, mm-hmm. He's putting up 40 point double, double, triple doubles. I mean, the guy is just going off. And it's impacting winning. Yeah, and, and it's impacting winning, which is big. He's not Chris Bosh, so I know if you know what I'm talking If you know, you know. Um, so he's not Chris Bosh, but he's playing very, very good basketball. Uh, any last couple of things before we uh, move on here? Yeah, I mean, they're doing it in the right season because, again, as unfortunate as these injuries have been, it's going to help a team out like the Knicks, who are currently sitting in fourth. And like you said, they're going to be hosting a playoff series, which is crazy to think about. Um, again, they're going to make a team work. A defensive team with the intensity of these young guys, um, I would be very scared. or Not very scared, but again, to play a team that is can get out in transition, can defend, it's, it's going to put you to the test. And to play a team like that, the thing is, I don't think you're not going to be playing if you're one of the top three seeds are obviously not going to be facing them in the first round. Um, but even the second round, I mean, if they get out of the first round, that's going to be a, a, a team that you don't want to match with. Um, and I think that 
Leon Rose, uh, I want to give credit where credit's due. He has, you know, found a, a direction with this team. Um, and he's added, I mean, Tom Thibodeau, he's had familiarity with Derrick Rose, Taj Gibson. And then you have hidden gems in, in the second round with quickly. You have a guy in Nerlens Noel who has been able to step up despite the uh, loss uh, of M- Mitchell Robinson. It was key for them. Um, but again, there's... Uh, there's not a whole lot um, I can talk negative about uh, the Knicks and and really the the current state in which they're in, which is crazy um, if we look back a year ago at, at uh, what they were dealing with. Yeah, I mean there, there's not much more. I mean they're just they're playing incredible basketball, and I just I think we haven't really talked about them this season as much, and I thought we need to give them their credit because you know. You need to be able to, you know, bash a team when they're not playing well, but also give them the praise when they are. And right now, Tom Thibodeau has that uh, New York Knicks ball club playing uh, the best basketball. I mean, I saw videos, New York Knicks fans celebrating like they won the championship. But I guess when you haven't won in 20 years, uh, it's right. It's it's deservedly. So I guess I kind of took a shot at them there. But we'll leave it at that. Um, the next guy, the next topic I want to transition to now is someone who... Uh, Someone else who might be playing the best basketball of his career at the age of 33, that's Seth Curry. Um, Steph he, Curry, not Seth Curry, Steph, just, so, just Steph, so we Steph, make that clear. Yeah. Steph. So people don't go on bad. a tangent here and, and say that we're absolutely crazy for pointing out the yeah. guy in the 76ers. Yes. Steph Curry, Wardell Curry. This dude is unbelievable. Um, I think we all knew this you know, since he won his MVPs, but he might be playing at the highest level of his career. Uh, I just want to read you off something since March 29th, okay, when they played at Chicago. He has scored 32, 36, 37, 41, 32, 38, 53, 42, 33, 47, 49, 18, and 32. The dude's going off. He's averaging 31 points. I'll round up six assists, six rebounds, basically. Um, he's shooting crazy amount of, you know, from, from all over. I, I think he was shooting like 60%. Don't quote me on that. Over the past like nine, ten games from three. Mm-hmm. Um, he just doesn't miss. He's entered a new stratosphere, if, the, if you could even put him in one with what he's doing. Um, I say all of that to ask you, and I, we had this conversation at the beginning of the season, I know. Uh, very very early on when he was going off and then he you know kind of he wasn't going off compared to this is he top three in mvp right now behind um, Jokic and 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 beat i guess or, or are you putting him in front of you like is he or MV, like where does he stand in the mvp race because he has to be yeah yeah in my opinion top i'll give i'll save the top three just for my opinion in a second i'll definitely say top five yeah i I really think he's top three um, behind the guys that you just mentioned because there's not too many people that could go over him based on... Now, again, Embiid hasn't played that much, but he just came back you know, a little while ago. Um, and again, he's a guy that impacts winning. I mean, there's still a top seed without him, but you, know, you could see the difference when Embiid's in the game um, and how he really just elevates um, that team to a different stratosphere. Um, as far as Curry goes, I really don't care if the Warriors are, what are they, 9th, 10th? 
uh, I believe ninth. Yeah, they're they're sitting at five hundred right now. I really don't care if they're five hundred. I mean, Steph Curry is absolutely ridiculous. I don't know how much we have to say it. Um, I know we talked about him being the greatest three point shooter last episode, top guard in the NBA. Um, of course, there's exceptions when it comes to guards and what we classify them as uh, in today's NBA, but the guy is. I mean, he's averaging nearly 39 points in the month of April. His month of April is crazy. Um, it's one of the hottest stretchers he's, he's ever had in his career. Um, even, I mean, he's topped maybe even some, uh, you know, records that he's broken before in 2016 when he was shooting lights out. Um, and people thought that was his prime. I mean, we could even, again, is it translating to a winning situation? Not at the moment. Um, but again, he is that team. Um, I, I disagree. I mean, right now they've won. They're won seven of ten. They're still the nine seed, um, but they're moving up pretty fast. I think they have a chance to. They're three games behind Dallas for the six seed. I don't know if they catch up to them. I think they're definitely in the playing game. Um, listen, this dude for the playing game, he could go off for fifty-five, sixty, and carry his team to win. Well, and that yeah, and that sucks for the opposing team because you just played a whole season, and uh, and just lost to Steph, who can go off that game. So, yeah, I mean, he he's he's literally. Well, I'll, I'll let you keep going, and I won't cut yeah, you I, off. But. Yeah, I was just gonna say. I mean, I I read that, um, and again, I I feel like it's pretty obvious, but that stat that I read earlier about Julius Randle, uh, the leading. Uh, the leading uh, assist pairing in that um, in this season is Steph Curry and Draymond Green uh, at 149 assists. Uh, 68 of those are two-point field goals. 81 of those are three-point field goals. And then what a lot of people, like, don't really – I'm not going to say, like – because this three-point shooting is such a big deal. So I get why you would maybe overlook his ball handling. But, like, there's – when you look at top – scores in the league because now he's the top score in the league for some of the season it was Bradley Beal but now it's Steph Curry with this crazy stretch that he's having um a lot of people again his three-point shooting is what it is I mean the guy's ridiculous which it's it's very easily uh it's very easy to underestimate uh, his other facets of his game um but he's I mean he's getting 40 uh, rim shots off of uh, assists from Draymond Green I mean he can cut um, he can take you off the dribble. I mean, he's one of the best ball handlers. I mean, how can you, like, say that about a lot of the three-point shooters? Because I, I was hearing Jalen Rose kind of uh, allude to the same type of things. Um, and it's true. Like, a lot of the three-point shooters you see in, in history uh, are guys that come off screens, uh, majority of them. But Steph Curry, he can come off screens or he can be on the ball and take you off the ball fadeaway three whatever it may be the guy's ridiculous i really don't think that needs to be um i really don't think that needs to be reiterated any further yeah i mean he it's like every time he shoots the ball no matter where it's from on the court it could be from all the way on the other baseline i expect it to go in um i agree with you um he is in in the top three um for my mvp it's funny we've had this mvp and i I think we'll kind of wrap this mvp well not wrap it up but we'll talk about this 
a couple more times, and I think on next episode we'll really get into the MVP discussion. But um, I think Jokic kind of has the MVP for me. But Steph is right there. I mean, what you look at the definition of an MVP, and I mean, without Steph Curry, you saw what they were last year. Uh, this Golden State team, they're uh, a bottom feet, you know, a lottery team, top five team, and yeah, they could still be a lottery team this year. Um, I think they're still, you know, obviously they don't have clay. And if they had clay, you know, we said at the beginning of the season, they would have been a top four seed, in my opinion, top five seed. But this dude is just unreal. Um, he finds new ways to, not even new ways, he's doing it in the same exact way. And people, I mean, you can guard, you can double team him, you can triple team him. He's still going to shoot and he's still going to make it. Um, and to me, that's just insane. Uh so I guess I, I have uh, Jokic, Steph, and Embiid. Even, and I think Embiid fought, fell off because of how many games he um, missed. Uh, right now he's shooting, what is it, 42%, 42.5% from, uh, for the season. That is actually not even a career high. That's kind of in the middle of the pack for his career, almost the bottom. And you see how, I mean, just to me, the, the stretch he's on, is he's in the 50 40 90 club which is rare um the the stretch he's on is just i have no words for it like i mean you kind of can tell i just he's must what he's there's few players in the nba and we've talked about this before i know that are you know i would buy a ticket to go see um that are must watch i think as much as people hate on russell westbrook is always must watch he's going to give you everything all he's got dame lillard um Steph Curry's in that in that category. There's some other players that I could name off, but um, he's just you don't you know what you're going to get each and every night, and you don't know how special it's going to be because you know he he breaks records here and there. Yeah, I, I think that like the most important thing to take away, and and it really just again there's there's a few and select players that are getting better with age. Steph Curry just seems to be getting better with age, along with LeBron, um, and it just seems as if we're going to have to start thinking of getting better with age as normal. I mean, this era allows you to, with all the technological advances, you know, get your body right and let you be, be able to um, compete in a full NBA season, you know, even at age 35, 36, whatever it may be. Um, but Steph Curry's 33, LeBron's 36. And just taking those two guys right there, um, which are the faces of this era, essentially, um, you have to just marvel at how these guys are able to to do it over a, a length of an NBA season. So I I have another question, and that can that for you. You talk about you know you talk about guys like LeBron, they're aging so well. You just said Steph. How much you know? He's thirty three years old. How much left? How much? How yeah? Does he have six years? Does he have seven? Can he play into his forties? I mean, how much more does he have left? And I'm saying that in a good way because, I mean, like you said, I mean, he's just – this is what I think most people expected him, maybe a little less last year um, to do, and he's doing it this year. Obviously, last year he wasn't healthy. But it's just – to me, it's just incredible what he's doing. Yeah, and that's one of the things you see – and I'll answer your question in a second, but that's one of the things you see in this era that's different from other areas is just how well guys can – transition into the next season and transition to you know three seasons from that and five seasons whatever it may be um and that's that is the that is a big pro 
um, of of what, what we're seeing in in, uh, in the modern modern era. Um, as far as Steph Curry, I think that I don't know five, six, seven. I've, I mean, he can go seven or eight more years. Who knows? I mean, because the way the way it goes is shooting is so valuable in the NBA today, and he's the best to do it. So I don't see why the hell not. You know, he could be hitting big shots um, for years to come, and I think he could do it till forty. Yeah, uh, I, I I agree. I think the way he plays the game. Um, shooting in today's game is the best thing you can have he's the best at doing it and when he gets his backcourt partner back um next season and clay thompson uh even if clay is not himself like he was pre the two injuries he's had the um achilles and the uh acl or yeah the acl and the yeah acl and the achilles um he's still going to be able to shoot the ball and i think at a very high clip um, and I'm really excited what to see to see that team next year. Uh, not to say that this year they can't make a run. I just think you know they're kind of get in the playoffs and then see what happens from there. But next year you have another year. Wiseman, hopefully he takes that step. Uh, you're gonna have Steph still doing Steph things, uh, do it Stephertless. Um, and then you're oh, gonna God. have. <laughs> I, I had to put it in there. Um, and then you're gonna have uh, Clay back. Uh, Kelly Oubre has been playing some really, really good basketball as of late. Andrew Wiggins, I think he's finally found his niche on a team that he can, you know, it doesn't have to be one option number two even, kind of, uh, where he's kind of option number two, but at the same time it takes a lot off his shoulders when you have a guy scoring 45 each night and stuff, um, and he's playing the defense that he plays. I I really never realized until this season, I mean, it's top-level defense that he plays. Um, so I think, you know, they're, and I never count out the Warriors with who they can add in the off season. Um, I'll just say that. Um, yeah, I, you bring up go, a good point just to, just to conclude real quick. Um, cause I'm pretty sure I'm trying to see something real quick. Um, give me one second because like Andrew Wiggins is shooting, you know, he's, he's been a really good three point shooter this season. Like, I mean, super like whatever you want to call it, like under the radar or whatever, but he's shooting 38%, the best of his career. Um, and like Steph Kerr, I mean, the things that he does for his teammates, like, and, and it goes the same for Clay Thompson, um, is remarkable. I mean, to get them open shots, whatever it may be, uh, that's something that's, you learn something new with Steph. I mean, Again, the guy's reinventing basketball he already has, and the things that he does is uh, crazy. Yeah. I mean, he, the, he, I'm just excited. I, I've always liked the Warriors, um, not because I'm a bandwagon. just I've liked Steph always. I've never had anything against him. And mm-hmm. uh, he's just proving to me more and more that he's the best shooter of all time and one of the best players of all time. I don't know where he stacks up yet. Um, I haven't gone that far into it, but I know he stacks up as one of the best players that we'll ever see as a generational talent. And we, we will never see another Steph Curry the way he does it. Yeah, there's going to be great shooters. There's going to be great ball handlers and shooters together. But, I mean, it's him. I, I think he's even a whole tier above Dame Lillard. And, you know, Dame Lillard has 
outstanding range of what, how he can shoot the basketball. But the way Steph does it, like I said, it's effortless. I just one more time had to throw that in there. Um, I want to transition now to our next topic, which is the playing games. Um, I will read you the standings now, and we can kind of. I don't know how you really want to go through this. Um, I guess just go through the bottom of each conference. We can start off with the East, which is a lot more interesting than the West, I think. Um, we talked about the Knicks earlier. They're the four, basically the four to the seven seed. It's kind of starting to open up a little more. The eight seed is four to eight is about four game difference between the Knicks, Hawks, Celtics, Heat, and Hornets. Then you have uh, Indiana and Washington um, at nine and ten, and then on the outside looking in is Chicago and Toronto. Who Ch- Chicago's a game behind Washington for the ten seed, and then Toronto is a game and a half behind Washington for the ten seed. Washington's been playing some really really good basketball. Uh, to highlight them real quick, won seven straight, nine of ten. Uh, Bradley Beal, uh, Russell Westbrook have been playing outstanding. I do want to send prayers up to Danny Abdia. Um, he broke his ankle the other day in a game. Um, hairline fracture. He'll be out rest of the season. I think. Luckily, it was it was a hairline fracture, so he won't need surgery. Um, I know he didn't have the rookie season he wanted. A part of that was the team success and everything going on, uh, coaching wise. We talked about this before. How you know they just didn't put him in positions that I think could help him and benefit him. But hopefully, he comes back next season stronger. Uh, just side note there. Um, I'll say this, right now the plan would be uh, Heat and Hornets and then Pacers and Wizards. Do you see any changes to this, or do you think the Eastern Conference standings are kind of going to be set how they are, and, and we're going to go into this you know, with the defending Eastern Conference champions as in the play-in tournament, and uh, the Hornets are getting back LaMelo Ball. I'm kind of stuck where we didn't talk about this episode. I'm just kind of putting in here to fill in uh, the missing, you know, missing puzzle pieces here. What, what, what are you thinking? So for the Eastern Conference, those four teams, um, Heat, Hornets, Pacers, and Wizards, I think those, um, those teams stay put. Um, however you want to restructure, um, I think that the Wizards could move up, um, as we just mentioned, the streak that they're on. Um, the Pacers, those three teams, including the Celtics have been playing better basketball, but those three teams, um, as we're on the playing game topic, um, in front of the Wizards, have been a little bit inconsistent. Um, so I think there could be some mixing and matching in terms of the Wizards moving up. Um, I would definitely not want to face uh, the Wizards, especially if they move up to that eight seed and they only need one game to win uh, or to, to advance um, into, that, into those playoffs. Um, but I do think that uh, Washington's going to be very scary. Um, I think the bigger question might be which of those sleeper teams that actually aren't even really sleeper teams because you have quality talent on both uh, teams and in, in their respective conferences. Would you be more safer if you're a playing team facing the Wizards or the Warriors? I think I think that's the bigger question. Um, huh. That is a interesting question. I think I, I know Charles Barkley the other day said, you know, he would pick Washington. Uh, he he was saying how dangerous Washington can be. I'm more scared of the Warriors. I think for 
points we just said. I mean, Steph puts up 55, and I think that's a win when Bradley Beal puts up 40 and Russell Westbrook puts up a triple-double. They still can't seem to win, even though lately they have. Um, huh. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Warriors. I'd rather not face. I'd rather face the Wizards. I think coaching also, even though you know people kind of started to question Steve Kerr's uh, coaching over the past two years, I, I still give him the upper hand. Uh, Scotty Brooks, I just I'm not a big fan of. Uh, the more and more I watch Wizards basketball, and it's not often, but when I do, um, he just I, I don't know that there's just something missing there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I do think it's interesting because, like we've we've just reiterated, I mean, Steph's been on a streak, and then you have the Wizards as a team um, have won games. So in a season like this where it's truly the full season where you get the playing game, there's going to be sort of a, a timing aspect to, to it as well because it's one, two games, um, depending on how you look at it, if you're a 7-8 seed or 9-10 seed. Um, so it really depends on the the timing of the playing game and we're gonna have to kind of revisit it um as it gets closer i know we're only 12 13 games um most teams are away from that playing game um so i think it's going to be interesting i think that question that's a very tough question um that i was thinking about earlier today um and i think i think i would probably side with with you on that just because i think that the um now, again, I mean, Russell Westbrook was just in a playoffs last year. Um, but then again, I feel as if the two-man game of, of Draymond and, and Steph, um, they know what to do. It's one game, and you have the greatest three-point shooter on your team. I do think that um, that they are the scariest team in that, that playing game. That's, that's a ladder seed, um, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um... To, going back to the whole picture, um, I st- I think the Pacers in Washington. I think they're they're not moving up anymore. In my opinion, I think they'll be the nine or ten seed. I don't think Chicago has what it takes. Zach Levine's still out right now, mm-hmm. um, and they weren't winning with Zach Levine that much. Uh, but he's out health and safety protocols. I think he's going to come back this week. And Toronto, I just I, I think I think the I, Bulls with uh, with Vooch. I think it's too. They kind of made that move in a sense. Of course, it's for the future, but I kind of felt well, like it was a push for the now. Yeah, yeah, I think it was a push for the playoffs, and I don't see them really. I, they're still trying to get Vooch adjusted um, in that rotation. I mean, again, he's an all star, but oh, you know, they, there's they some, some adjustments. Tonight. They have a big one tonight. Next two versus the Heat. They play tonight and Monday. Um, mm. They'll be out with. They'll be without Zach Levine tonight. Um, I think the Hornets and Miami can still make a push to get into that four through six seed. Um, the Hawks, I don't know. They beat, obviously, we just talked about they beat the Heat without Trey Young uh, last night, meaning Friday night. I don't know if they can continue. Um, let me look at their schedule here, see who they're playing. Uh, they play Milwaukee, they play Detroit, and then they play Philly twice in a row. Um, Chicago, Portland, Phoenix. They have a tough schedule coming up. I don't know if they can sustain the winning ways that they are. I, I think they're, they'll be in the playoffs. Just I wouldn't be surprised if they fall into the plan. 
Um, Boston, I think, will stay out of the play, and I think they're just playing really, really good basketball now. And then it comes down to the Heat. I mean, Jimmy Butler said it perfect last night uh, after the game, after they lost to the Hawks. Um, he said they're consistently inconsistent. Uh, for big games, you know, Bam Adebayo, buzzer beater last week versus the Nets. That was great. I know the Nets are not healthy. It doesn't seem like they'll ever be healthy. Who knows? Um, but that was great. But and, then, now, uh, and now Kyrie's so, uh, Kyrie. Yeah, Kyrie um, is celebrating uh, Ramadan. Ramadan. I, I, know, I know he's still playing. He kind of, you never know with Kyrie. James Harden is back to square one. We haven't even talked about the Nets. I, mean, I know we talk about them on every episode, but this episode. Um, I... I guess the Hawks, I, I think the Knicks will stay out of that plan. So I think Miami really is that team that can move up if the Hawks start to lose and Miami can kind of win. I, so weird with Miami. You don't know what team, and that's, you know, me and you watch them every night in and night out. Uh, they're in an eight-game and 12-day stretch right now that they're ending, um, that they've done okay in. And I think they they are just, like like the record shows, about a 500 team. Um so I think they can move up, but I, I don't know how much movement we're going to get in the East. I feel like it's kind of as close as, as it is. It's also uh, kind of everyone's kind of just winning or losing together. Um, I want right, to go out. Yeah. And then I want to go out West. Um, that is not as close. In ter- uh, it's kind of, you know, the Lakers are three games up on the seventh seed. Portland, they're the fifth seed. They just got Anthony Davis back. LeBron looks to be coming back soon, so it looks like they will stay in that fifth seed because um, I don't see them getting higher into the f- top four. And then you have Dallas, who's like half a game up on Portland. Um, you have Memphis. You have Golden State, like we mentioned, and then San Antonio. And then New Orleans looks is on the outside looking in, and they're three and a half games back of San Antonio. Um, how do you see that? I think this one's not as interesting. I kind of think it's going to stay how it is. And uh, where, where do you see this one? Mm. Huh, because Portland's on a losing streak right now. It's four-game losing streak. Um, I think that's four, out of four-game lo- or four-game losing streak, and they've or the last three last three or four games, whatever they've lost, they've lost by a total of four points. So that shows how close their games have been, and they've lost mm-hmm. eight to ten as well. Okay, yeah. So I, I do think that. Whew, um. Yeah, I do feel like this one kind of stays put. I, I do think that the Lakers can give the Nuggets a run for their money for that four seed. Um, having Anthony Davis back is huge. Um, and then being able to get LeBron back, I mean, that's, you know, that's their team there. You have, um, and, and I do think they've been playing, you know, decently well with without them. Um, again, to remain the fifth seed, and I feel like they've been at that for, like, weeks now. Um <clears throat> But, you know, Dennis Schroeder has been playing good. You have Andre Drummond, who um, seems to be fitting in. It seems to be that, that big that they've been looking for and can fit right in uh, into that puzzle um, for them. Yeah, I, I do think that it ends up sticking put um, as far as, like, I, I just think there's going to be minimal movements. Um, I don't see anything too gradual happening. Um, I do think that the Jazz end up keeping that one. and. Um, what is going to be interesting, though, and I, I feel like I'm going back to the Eastern Conference, which I am, uh, which I don't think we go should for be doing. It, go for but it. No, 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 there, no, there is, there, there is a a very close uh, race for that one seed um, in the Eastern Conference. So that's something to keep 
uh, an eye out for um, as we uh, maneuver to the the end of the season here. Um, but who knows? I think Philly might be able to take that. Um, yeah, I, I think they could take that that number one seed. Uh, yeah, I, I could, and and I think tonight. Um, I need to look. I saw earlier an update. Uh, Milwaukee and Philly play, and now my phone's not going to load, and I forget who's out for Philly. Um, let me go on Woj's Twitter real quick and see. Yeah, I got you real quick. Who's um, out? And beads um, out. And beads out. And beads out. So that kind of if, and Simmons. Oh, they're both out. They're both out. So someone else so has got us. Tobias that, needs to have a big game. Yeah. So Milwaukee's two and a half games behind uh, Philly for the two seed, and Philly's a half a game behind uh, the Nets. And people kind of thought Milwaukee would be locked into that three seed. If they win tonight, you're looking at a, a door opening there. Um, both so teams three, a three way. Yeah, and really, all, all all three teams have been playing 500 basketball over the past 10, 12 games. Um, so you know, I, I think Milwaukee still has a a slight shot. You know, kind of a a very very narrow window that they could creep up, get that one or two seed. I I think I see them sticking in that three seed. Um, I think they're determined. You know, just playoff time. They really don't even really. I, I bet they care about seeing, but at the same time, it, what has it done for them the past couple of years? Nothing. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, it, I mean, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much it. Anything else? Yeah, I think that's all we wanted to cover today. Um, just talk about some of the teams, um, specifically the Knicks that are really, um, that really catch your eye and have had, you know, tremendous, uh, stories. You have Steph Curry, who's been shooting the lights out um, as always. And you know he's been remarkable when you thought he couldn't get any better. So just covering teams that um, have been, you know, very interesting to, uh, to see and to watch track uh, over, you know, the span of the month and over the season. So um, yeah, that's pretty much all we wanted to cover. Um, I think the plan is going to be very interesting. And um, again, I think there should be, not too much to expect, uh, minimal movement. I think the the most interesting thing about uh, those races is the middle, uh, the middle seeds and how those shape up. But otherwise, I think that's going to do it. Yeah, uh, that's basically it, guys. Kind of a shorter episode today. Uh, kind of we want to start keeping it. I know we kind of ramble on sometimes, um, but we covered a lot and the. 50 minutes or so that we'll be recording um where can they find us on social media jake like always uh, if you listen to every episode i'm guessing by now you either follow the social media or you just know it by heart because we say it and where can they listen to us if or obviously they're listening to us somewhere but where else can they listen to us yeah yeah you guys can check us out um on our instagram at underscore on the league underscore and then we stream on all three streaming platforms um so make sure to check us out Apple Pods, Spotify, and the Anchor app. Um, So, yeah, make sure you guys give us a listen. Let us know what you guys think. Um, It's always appreciative. Um, And, yeah, I think that, again, just if you guys are, you know, again, on social media, we do sort of interactive stuff. Um, I wanted to kind of get opinions for this episode as far as, like, topics go. So we do try and 
be as interactive with uh, our audience as possible. So um, we do hope that you guys enjoy. That'll do it. Peace out. Peace.